Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> so if you tuned in, think you were getting ponderings from the perch, let me tell you, you're still on the right channel. But I brought in my most illustrious guest of all time, Kristen Luck, because she is the woman of the hour. We are going to be talking about marketing strategy in the time of COVID. So Kristen, welcome back to Ponderings from the Perch. <laughs> Thanks. I'm I'm thrilled to be on the shit show. <laughs> This is not a reflection of any people who have been interviewed. <laughs> well, it is an interesting time. We don't usually do a podcast that is going to be so um, not evergreen. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of goes against what we do in a lot of content marketing. But it is really important for me to interview you because so many people are asking both of us very similar questions. And we've obviously had a lot of great conversations um, offline that I thought it was really important to get you on the show and to hear from you about your experience, what people are asking, what your what kind of advice you're handing out, and as always, you and I are on the same uh, you know on the same plane with just trying to help each other and help our clients and help people that are just around us. You are a great model for that. So we'd like to hear about your story when COVID hit. What's been your experience? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hope that this content is evergreen because, you know, certainly I've gotten a lot of calls from people who have had no marketing strategy <laughs> um, and now are coming into this and saying, you know, like, oh, my God, what the hell am I going to do? Mm -hmm. um, you know, my experience has been a little all over the board. I mean, I, I, you know, I work as a growth strategist and an advisor to lots of different types of companies across lots of different categories. And, I have some clients that, you know, I'm, I'm drinking from the fire hose because they are, they're super busy and their, you know, their business is, is, you know, just blowing up and they're having problems managing growth at such a quick rate. And I have others where literally it's like somebody turned the lights off overnight. Mm -hmm. They've lost every project. They've had to do significant um, layoffs almost immediately and are really struggling with how they're going to keep their their company afloat, not just short term, but long term. Right. So I think a lot of it depends on on how, you know, what category somebody works in what verticals, but also how diversified their their businesses are. And I think this is a, you know, a real painful learning lesson for a lot of folks, not only about diversification of revenue streams, but also about what are the activities that you've invested in to make sure that you're visible and a thought leader at a time when people are really looking for leadership. Mm. Oh, my gosh, that's totally true. It's like the old adage of, you know, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? <laughs> when yeah. was the second best time to plant a tree today. So today. you're really yeah. dealing with people who didn't have a strategy in place um, all the way through people who had a grand strategy, but yet there's still there's still problems none, nonetheless. So tell us a little bit about the nature of the calls that you're taking, because I know last time we talked, um, you were still in Greece and uh, you were t your phone was ringing off the hook. So, um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the conversations, um, you know, leading into them a little bit and give us a little bit of the advice you've been giving out just to give people a semblance of hmm, where do I fit on this spectrum? Yeah. So I think, you know, I've kind of seen advice in, the, in you know, from, from other folks uh, that, that do the same kind of work I do that kind of varies a bit from, from mine, which is, you know, pause and, um, 
you know, like hunker down and don't, don't do anything, you know, kind of wait to see where things net out. And I'm, I'm not in, in, in favor of that at all. You know, I'm, I'm all about decisiveness and making decisions. And that's not to say to, you know, to do things quickly and not in a strategic way, but certainly, you know, to, to make sure that there's some, some action going on. Um, you know, my phone started blowing up really early, I think in, in large part, because, uh, I offered, I offered up to my network just to do free calls with people because I think, you know, being a founder and a CEO or even on an executive team, particularly when things are going wrong, can be incredibly isolating. And particularly in the U.S., there's such a culture of success and like, you know, these grand exits and your company growing gangbusters that there's a lot of shame when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to speak to somebody confidentially that understands where they've been, you know, I, I either fortunately or unfortunately have gone through some pretty major downturns in my own businesses. You know, my first business, I started right before the dot-com crash. Um, you know, my second, uh, business, you know, suffered from, um, the economic downturn after nine 11. And, you know, there was a pretty significant downturn that we had to decipher from 2007 to 2009. Um, and the reason we survived those, those downturns was because, you know, we were, we were pretty decisive and strategic about the changes that we needed to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think, you know, we've talked a lot about my experience, um, you know, in nine years ago, we had the F5 tornado here in Joplin, and it took 35% of our town out in 22 minutes. <laughs> and talk about, you know, wreaking havoc, you know, on a region, you know, where tornadoes typically pop down and pop back up. This one was a mile wide and 12 miles long. And so this was a major regional catastrophe. And we went through it as a business community. And But there is that feeling of, you know, um, this happened to a lot of us and we're all doing our best. Um, but the whole rest of the world went on without us. <laughs> and then uh, three weeks later, my studio burned to the ground in front of me, you know, and this, you know, that only happens to you and your employees and your family and the rest of the world goes on. This is right. so interesting in that this is a downturn that everybody is facing. And it also has really highlighted the interconnectedness of all of our businesses. Not that anybody really needed to understand that we were a global economy, but people are feeling that in a very different way. And so the only thing I say about that is like you've weathered several crises like that. And and I have in a different you know realm, more of like in terms of the leadership and emotional where you've dealt with also the finances and the you know employees and everything else, especially with marketing plans and your your experience with venture capital. So I think there's a lot of interesting experience that we have between the two of us where it does help that you've been through it because you don't go through, I find, that initial abject paralysis. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think you know, what I learned about myself during those times was that I'm super gritty. Like, when there's a problem, like, I just dig in mm-hmm. and I'm really good at creatively figuring out how to pivot to bring, to bring business in. Right. And I think where, where I seek, where I get concerned, I think with some of the conversations that I I have or that I'm having is when people come in and they're pretty dejected and they're just like, well, this is what my business is. And I just kind of have to wait for things to come back. And 
I think my, my take on that is what if your business doesn't come back? Because in, in many ways, I think the way that we fundamentally live and work is going to change after this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just having a conversation with um, a guy about a, a board interview that I've been I've been waiting for, and they were you know super insistent that that board interview happen in person, in person, in per- it has to happen in person, you know. And now all of a sudden, it's happening over video. <laughs> uh, and so you know, I think that our you know our insistence on face-to-face or, you know, how we conduct business or the different methods that we use to get things done, I think are going to be impacted long-term. And you can use a example from the last recession um, from this, you know, there was a article that I was reading that, you know, the way that people bought, you know, food changed Mm -hmm. because people, during the economic downturn, people started buying more generic products or lower cost products. And I think a lot of brands thought, oh, well, after the recession ends, people will go back to buying the higher price brand products. But it actually didn't happen because people got used to those lower price products and they were happy with them. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to change. They weren't going to go back. Right. I love that. You can't expect a bounce back because that's nobody, That's not a given. Yeah. So we've got to move. So, you know, you you are obviously uh, so experienced in brand growth and marketing strategy. And I think for a lot of people, it's this frightening kind of theory. Now we're all having to practice it every day. <laughs> you know, uh, the kind of the big decisions that you think are going to come once or twice in your life. We're making them about every three days. <laughs> so yeah. Entrepreneurs. <laughs> so the speed of those decisions has definitely increased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that, that we're, you know, we're making critical decisions. We're making them quickly. Um, obviously, people are reaching out to strategists. What else can they do? Well, I think, you know, make tough decisions early. I, you know, I don't, I don't know anybody that's regretted spending less money. Uh, And so, you know, what I, what I'm really advising people to do is, you know, look at your sales forecasts, the best defense is offense. So, you know, when I look at revenue and cash levels, those always fall faster than expenses. So what expenses can you cut back on? And I think the mistake that I see many companies making is that, the very first thing they always cut is marketing and it just, <laughs> can I say fucking right. kills me. Yeah. Um, you can bleep that out Priscilla if you need to, but uh, it just kills hey, me. Hey, this like, is the real like, shit show. So we're leaving it in this time show. around. Yeah. <laughs> it just kills me. Like I, you know, uh, the last thing you want to do is to, is to go invisible during a time when you're trying to generate attention and interest and, and to present yourself as a, as a category or, or thought leader so, so that you can either retain your existing clients or ideally you bring in new clients, which is, which is far more challenging right now. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple conversations with folks in the last week that said, you know, a hundred percent of their budget had been in events. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I never advise anybody putting a hundred percent of their marketing budget in events, but it seems like pe- people rarely take that advice. And, um, and now, now they are taking that advice because there's no events now. Right. Uh, and I, you know, one of the questions I'm getting, which I'm sure you're getting as well is, well, you know, is it too late to start marketing or like, I'm going to just wait to spend on marketing until things turn around until I can, uh, you know, you know, it's too late now. Mm-hmm. It's not too late because <laughs> for, particularly for content marketing, you know, this there's like a, 
at least a three to six month lag between when you start and when you start seeing some real traction. Mm -hmm. So the longer you wait, the longer that lag period. So, you know, do I think we're going to be in a full economic recovery in six months? No, I don't. So the best time to start is now, not six months from now. Right. No, for Uh, sure. And somebody you know and love, and I actually onboarded in New York, like we did it remotely, but they are located in New York. And they went ahead and said yes on March 15th. And we onboarded them because this is a time where we have to get, you know, nitty gritty down to the persona development, the strategy, the key differentiation, the competitor differentiation, and get our messaging locked in because we we need those months to get everything solid to be ready, you know, to be heard. And sadly, there are some companies that won't be in the space when we come back. For sure. I, and I think that that focus on differentiation is really key. Uh, what I'm seeing right now is this flurry of everybody posting about COVID and, uh, you know, their thoughts on COVID and what their teams are doing and work from home. And it's just the same stuff over and over and over again versus you know, really looking at what does their business do that is unique and special and different and what unique special perspective can they have on what is going on now? So for instance, if you're working in the, in the, you know, wellness space, don't, you know, don't talk about COVID and how it's impacting people talk about what are wellness activities that people can do from home or, what are what are things that wellness companies can be providing to people right now as a as a resource? I mean, I think that there's lots of different ways of going around content where you're not singing the same song as everyone else. Well, not singing the same song as everyone else requires you to do the strategy work that you provide, and it requires people to do the persona work that I provide. For sure, and, for sure. You know, if they yeah. don't if they don't do those two key pieces, they are trapped in the features and benefits. We do this. We do this. We do this. Any takers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're you're not selling a solution, then you're selling a product. No, and it shows up in their posts and the kinds of posts that are out there on social media right now. You're seeing it. Instead, we're like, well, we do this, we do this when you're ready, you know, as opposed to something really meaningful. Like, let, let me just think of something off the top of my head. So if you had a persona work in front of you and you knew how you were different from the competitor, you might say something like, Um, Are you sick and tired of surprise delays in your market research field work? (laughs) You know, like someone go, oh, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. Or, you know, it's hitting more of an emotional chord. And if that's tied to or in alignment with, you know, one of your key differentiators that you guys do, you know, proactive partner updates on a daily basis or something like that, that's a direct connect. That's much better than saying, going out and listing the feature and benefit, which is we give, you know, daily updates by three. You know, it's like, okay, who cares? You know, how does it matter to this person? And that's the big part of the strategy and core of key differentiation. I think, too, you know, and I still am seeing this on LinkedIn, and this is something that you and I have talked about it, is that these kind of generic cadences of marketing content does not work right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're just doing what you were doing before this hit and still talking about your services and like what you can do in the same way you were beforehand, like it's super tone deaf and just completely lacking in empathy. Like now is the time to go deep on personalization and empathy. Mm-hmm. And to go deep on personalization and empathy, you have to you have to stop and you have to ask, what does your most ideal client want? 
You yeah. can't just keep, you know, barfing out your own the things that you want to shove down people's throats. It's like, do you remember uh, Marina Costin said one time uh, when we were together, actually, I think it was at TMRE years ago in Orlando, she said something about how important it is for market research people to come into uh, the game and, and to even sell from the value of, let me help you solve your boss's boss's problem. Yeah. Do you remember her saying that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't think of a better, like, real endorsement for persona work and marketing strategy because where people will constantly, I'm seeing out there on LinkedIn right now, let me schedule a demo. This is a good time for you to see a demo. It's like, here's a good time for you to do something for me is what they're saying. (laughs) Yeah. As opposed to this, even even a, a demo could be led from, let me help solve your boss's boss's problem. Maybe this maybe this would help do that for Such sure a different I, way of, of couching, you know, what we do. Yeah. I also, you know, I also think that people just have a lower tolerance for that kind of bullshit right now mm-hmm. than ever before, because we don't, you know, we don't have a lot of extra time. People are feeling stressed. And so, you know, now when I get, when I get someone that connects with me on LinkedIn and they immediately send me a message trying to sell me something and it's super generic, I get real punchy real quick, <laughs> real punchy. Uh, I'd like to see one of those messages. Back you know, from you. Yeah. I'm happy to share some with you. Um, I just get really like, have you spent a minute looking at my website? Have you? And I said this, actually a, a guy reached out to me and um, was, uh, was trying to sell his services as a growth strategist to help um, grow my company. And I said, with all due respect, have you been to my website yet? Um, and he actually messaged me back and said, I have, and it's wonderful. <laughs> and I, I thought, okay, but if you have been to it, you would know that I do exactly the same thing that you do. Obviously, Obviously. not as well as you do. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, that's where I say like mm-hmm. this kind of generic outreach where you're just trying to post up numbers mm-hmm. and you're not there. It's not coming from a place of like empathy and like helping. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so tone deaf and annoying right now to people. It's not helping your business. No, it's not. Well, let me, let me break for a minute and just say what I really appreciate about about something you said to me. We, we obviously talked really early in the game and I count it. Um, I count myself very fortunate to have you on my team and I can call you whenever. So people, you, you, you got to reach out to Kristen, but I'm, I'm just going to stay in my own gratitude that I have you in my court. <laughs> but you, you said something um, in our very first conversation with all this was going on. And I just went, yes, yes, yes. That's the thing I needed to hear. And first of all, I'm going to back this up by saying you mentioned at the beginning that here in the U.S. we have such a, you know, a badge of honor for the, you know, this uh, ridiculously successful entrepreneur. And it's very hard to be vulnerable, very hard to show that you need help. And I reached out to you and said, hey, I help. I, I got to think about some of these things. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm, I've got it clear. And I love that you said at the beginning, well, sometimes it just takes talking it out. Let's just talk it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I it think does. that is so beautiful is it's always, it doesn't mean that someone always has the right answer for you, but it does mean that sometimes they can just interject a really great strategic question 
um, you know, to help you start thinking things down the path that is is very true to you, very authentic to the way that you lead. And I, I totally appreciate that. But you said something to me so early on in the conversation that I just want to give to other people because we were talking about a couple of things and you were like, whoa, 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 let's just back it up because let's make sure that, you know, we've taken care of all of our clients. Yeah. And I was like, of course, you know, and I think about like the strategy we had going into 2020 and I look at the churn number that I wanted to make sure that we hit that I wanted to ensure that we stayed under. Um, And I know that's a big part of what you talk about. And it was so, so, so helpful to kind of call me back and say, Priscilla, look at your churn rate goal in all of this. Let's think this through. And it was so helpful. So give some people some of that advice directly from you about, you know, what we talked about, about, you know, really going deep with your existing clients and making sure they are absolutely taken care of. Yeah. So I, you know, I, a lot of people refer to it as like a customer love strategy. I, you know, I think for most companies, they have all the clients that they actually need to support themselves. That is so interesting. Just pause and listen to that for a minute. That is, that is a great quote. Yeah. And, you know, obviously as somebody that has been in a sales role or has functioned in a sales role at all my companies, you know, everybody who's been in sales knows how incredibly hard it is to bring a client in and get them started. And then what happens a lot of times is we bring clients in, you know, we kind of throw them over the fence, we get them going, and then we just kind of forget about them and move on to the next one and like, and just assume that we're going to continue getting business from them rather than really nurturing and growing them. And right now, I think is a tremendous time to be focusing on customer satisfaction and really uh, honoring those relationships and going deep into them because it's going to be very, very hard to bring new clients in now, but it very, very easy and timely to, to grow and nurture existing clients. Mm -hmm. And we just don't, we just don't spend enough time on it. Um, Yeah. Even last time we were at insights marketing day, your whole presentation, you had a really good piece of it about churn and really that that was one of the biggest things that you see so many, even large companies, it doesn't matter, small and large companies, they're failing because they're not watching their churn number. Yeah. And if you don't watch your churn number, it you know, it doesn't, I mean, you could be bringing in an incredible amount of new client revenue a, a year, but if your churn rate exceeds your new client development rate, you're never going to grow as a company. And it's funny, I've had a, a few conversations. I mean, one of the very first things I always do in a consulting engagement is I, is I look at churn. And I cannot tell you how many times a CEO or an executive team has said, you know, well, we don't have a churn rate here. Our clients love us, you know. And then I go in and look at it and their churn rate's like 40 to 60 percent. Well, if you have 60 percent churn, I'm not given the, getting the sense that your clients love you, to be honest. <laughs> 60% churn doesn't say love to me. 60% churn says maybe you forgot about them. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's that's super and deep. I also think, too, you know, lots of times we put really, you know, really junior project managers on big client accounts without teaching them how to actually nurture and grow and create relationships. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to look at them as, as projects or as revenue rather than as people in relationships. I mean, I have clients, you know, I have clients in my third business that I had had since I started my career because I brought them along with me to every company and they were, you know, they were coming because of me and the relationship. They weren't coming because 
that company or we did a certain type of work, they, they came because they knew I wasn't going to ever let them down. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how important is that when they are focused on their growth to know that they have another partner who is focused on their growth truly? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit, shifting gears about how what's hard for us right now. We've both talked a little bit about how we have some clients right now who are just in boon and like we're running after them and helping them as they also are drinking from the fire hose. Um, you yeah. mentioned that at the beginning. And then we have some who are just really hurting right now. So, you know, I, I'll kind of liken it to this. It's it's like, it's kind of these hard contrasts, you know, and you've noticed it on virtual conferences, but, uh, you know, people are, you know, I've seen guys, I shaved my head because I can't get to a hairdresser, you know, or, I mean, have you looked at anybody's, you know, nails lately in a video conference? Like, no, you know, our, our, our video conferences now are my roots. Like we're all going to know everyone's natural hair color. <laughs> exactly. And while it seems, you know, I certainly don't want to be flippant. I mean, there's a very serious situation and we have people who are dealing with much, you know, with, with, you know, with, with life, you know, life and death issues. Um, but this is also the reality that we're in. And so this is the hard part of going back and forth. We're all kind of trying to survive. Some of us are in harder situations than others, but we're also just trying to do our jobs um, in it. So talk a little bit about the difference and how you're managing going back and forth to conversations where people are in boon and trying to, you know, really manage the growth. And then other companies who are like, you know, we are just desperate for some kind of a win. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for companies that are in, in high growth, it's, you know, I'm having more conversations about like, how do they get growth capital? How are, you know, how are they going to scale up quickly? I mean, I think the, the good news for companies that are in a, a boom right now is that there are also an incredible number of people being laid off. So uh, it's never been easier to hire. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, a, you know, an incredible amount just based on how well the economy was doing before we went into this, you know, just an incredible amount of, of both VC and PE resources that, that are still available. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, you know, for people that are booming, they're, you know, th they've got cash flow issues, but in a different way, you know, they're, they've got a lot of cash going out, but because they're paying for things and, and they're trying to scale quickly. And so they need growth capital. Um, but I think that that's something unique around both companies that are succeeding and companies that are faltering a bit, which is, you know, really having an understanding of your cash flow, not just on a week to week basis, almost on a day to day basis right now. Right. Uh, you know, Mike Pisani, who works in, in my consulting practice with me, is just like a numbers whiz kid. And he, you know, he's doing more financial forecasting and really seeing on, on top of those things. And I would say, if, you know, if you don't have an internal controller or a CFO that's able to model out which way your business is headed, like by all means, like please get in touch or find somebody that can do that for you. Because having an understanding of where your cash is going on it, even on a day to day basis is super important right now. Mm, oh, that is that is totally true. So let's talk a little bit about the downside people who are hurting. What What's some of the pivot advice that you've been giving out? Yeah, well, it's funny because in my, well, it's not funny, but in my last blog post, I, there was this, you know, 
quote that I, I used, you know, which is that basically business mirrors biology. And so Darwin has a quote that those who survive are not the strongest or the most intelligent, but the most adaptable to change. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I've really advised companies, particularly that are seeing a lot of project cancellations are, you know, I've seen some people just kind of throw their hands up in the air and say like, oh, well, we got this project canceled. And it's like, okay, well, did you call the client and say, hey, you know, we really believe that this is a valuable project. Strategically, this is how it fits in with what's going on right now. And we can pivot it to X method in order to get it done. And there, there isn't a lot of that right now. You know, there's a lot of folks that are getting orders or things canceled and they're not fighting back. Right. You know, it's kind of like they're just, they're just kind of like, mm, okay, well, that, yeah, that sucks. Like, we lost the project. Right. Well, you um, and I have talked about that, about, you know, that's the same kind of mentality, like when people get served with RFPs. And nobody wants to just do RFPs as a, you know, as a business. And I'm sorry, but no, nobody likes doing them. And they're yeah. incredibly, you know, labor intensive. And, you know, they can be incredibly worth it. But I find that so few companies actually pick up the phone and say, listen, can we walk through this? Or, you know, let, let's let's talk through a couple of finer points. Let's say we did put something together for this and what, what right. you know, kind of getting to the truth of it, because it's very easy to send out an RFP, but it's very hard to answer one. For sure. <laughs> but sure. I find that's the, some of the same mentality, like people kind of just assume their position and like, oh, I must be just subservient in this situation. Whereas actually you could go toe to toe and you could have a meaningful relationship and a meaningful conversation from it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I just feel like people give up on conversations way too early. You know, the I think the the last statistic that I saw is like for new client sales, it's like 20 no's to get a yes. Mm-hmm. You know, most people stop after three or four no's. Right. So um, I tend to be more like a dog on a bone. Like I just keep growing <laughs> up. Even if somebody tells me no, like I'm still sending them articles like, hey, I thought this was interesting. It's like super pertinent to you. Like, hey, what are you up to? And, th- you know, this this is this is like relationship nurturing. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you have to learn how to, how to do is relationship management. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that a lot for a lot of folks there, they are having to adapt very, very quickly and to have some conversations that maybe they're not that uncomfortable having, you know, they're, it's hard to be told no, nobody likes to be told no, or like something's canceled or going away. But, you know, the, the business owners that are super scrappy that are going to make it through this are people that are not going down without a fight. Right. And, you know, kind of to that point, I'll, I'll add on this, you know, because right now, one of the biggest things I've been asked about is the digital transformation and the LinkedIn and Twitter training that I do on a regular basis. But a lot of people who would, were really sitting on that um, contract and be like, oh, we might do it. I don't know. We're just not that digital. We don't really sell online so much. I'm like, guess what? Guess what? You do now. <laughs> we all do now. So, you know, obviously, there's a lot of interest in the program that we do. But, you know, just like you, you know, here you're getting, you know, so many phone calls and you're being gracious enough to give an hour of your time away to say, let me, you know, let me be a sounding board. I might have some good advice. I'm, I might not be sure about what, you know, your particular situation and being flexible and going from there. And um, more to that point, too, you and I talked about this and you were like, you know, we're in the same boat, you and I. It's like nobody's going to, sa- you know, sign a 20000 or a $100,000 or $150,000 engagement right now. But we could be helpful and we could do small little projects that normally maybe we don't take, but they're helpful right now. 
But for sure. Yeah, I, I yeah. love I love talking that through with you. But the other piece of it is, you know, getting out there and helping people. And I've been giving a lot of like tactical advice about what to do online. And one of the biggest things people say, well, I don't want to do that because it feels weird right now. Or I feel like I'm going to be like a slimy salesperson or, or I just don't know if they're twiddling their thumbs or if they're really busy. And I'm like, so you're just going to throw in the towel because you feel funny? Like, yeah. why don't you start if you if you feel unsure about the message, why don't you start the message with, you know, I just feel a little unsure sending this message. I don't know if you're twiddling your thumbs or if you're so busy, you, there's no way you're going to get it. But my yeah. feeling is this. This is what I think would be helpful for you. Are you interested? Yeah. It's such a genuine conversation. And instead of just throwing in the towel and saying, well, I can't do it because of this and this and this. Instead, you just walk right through it and you be a, pe- a person. And I love, you know, you've been speaking a lot lately in market research about the rise of the human. Well, let's let the humans rise then. <laughs> sure. Well, and I'm, you know, it's it's interesting because in my last blog post, you know, I was really transparent about the fact that, you know, I've kind of chronically throughout my career suffer from anxiety. Um, and you know, one of the best pieces of advice that I've received is that action brings relief and, you know, for, for people, you know, who, like you just described Priscilla, who are kind of on the fence and unsure, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen, you know, uh, and that's kind of the stance I always take, like, okay, well, I feel better doing something than doing nothing. Um, and maybe it's not 100% the right thing every time, but there's nothing that I'm going to do that is going to destroy, you know, destroy my business or destroy my reputation. Like maybe, maybe not everybody loves the particular, you know, blog post or piece of outreach that I do. Um, and, but maybe they're, you know, 90% of the people do love it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you've never done any content marketing to date and you do a blog post and, three people read it, but you're still doing something. And, you know, those three people next month will be six people. And then month after that will be nine people. And the month after that will be 12 people or 30 people, you know, Um, maybe you'll write something that goes viral. And now all of a sudden you've got a hundred new subscribers to a blog that you just started. So you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like that a lot of times in LinkedIn, people see, oh, well, you're, you know, you're a thought leader, you know, your post gets so successful. Well, mine wax and wane too, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you're, it, it, you know, insane on Twitter. And, uh, uh, but, you know, you and I don't sit there and concern ourselves with trying to please everybody with every post. We just get it done. Right. Well, the thing is, like, it's funny, too, because people are like, well, it's really different for you because you've got a lot of followers on Twitter, a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Yeah, because I've been working at it for 10 years. How do you think we got those? 10 years. Like, it's not like I started last week, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, we I've got to have you. We have so much more to talk about. And I think what would be great if you're willing, let's just come in and give people, you know, a reprieve with just a couple of good ideas. Everybody's needing some some, some um, free strategy and some free advice right now, whether it's marketing or differentiation. So we'll just meet a couple of times during this, try and help simmer down the panic a little bit. But <laughs> if if someone has a question you want to ask me or uh, Kristen on this note, um, you can use our special little secret uh, subject line, which is TSIB, which comes directly from something Kristen always says to me, which is, this shit is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word bananas. I know. I, it's a good I, word, I right? 
Uh, yeah, I use it a lot, and I was using it. Actually, I was picking on a new ice skateboard, and I was picking on a new skateboarding helmet. And I said something. It was, like, too tight or something. I was like, wow, that's bananas. And the woman in the shop said, nice mom cursing. And <laughs> I was like, gosh, I'm not even a mom, you know, and I'm doing, like, the mom cursing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if you have a question for one of us that per- pertains in this area, then just send uh, send me a, an email at Priscilla at LittleBirdMarketing.com and just put in the message uh, in the subject line, TSIB. I'll know what you're talking about. But we cannot end this podcast uh, about marketing strategy in the time of COVID without discussing Tiger King. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Please say you've been watching this. <laughs> I watched the whole thing in two nights, Priscilla, and I'm pretty sure that I lost like four IQ points doing it. Like I just, it was like, and it's funny because, you know, I grew up in small town USA, like Mm -hmm. those, the outfits on Tiger King were, and then the hairstyles and frankly, some of the teeth were not unfamiliar to me. Um, Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's somebody for everybody. That's, that's. Or sometimes there's three people for everybody all at the same time. (laughs) You just you never know. Maybe throw a tiger in there, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we're going to stay up to date with what's going on in Tiger King. And for those of you who don't know where our studio is, we're frightfully close to uh, Joe Exotic's place. <laughs> so when this is all over, I'd say there, I, you know, maybe we could look at the next, you know, Women in Research exec meeting to be, you know, on the grounds or something. So maybe we'll, we'll we can get Carol out. Baskin to oh, speak at. Yes, all you... Oh, you, what does she say? Hello, all you cats and kittens. Hey, cats and kittens, cats and kittens, kittens out there. <laughs> okay, that's hey, how we'll start. That's how we'll start the second show that we have. Okay. Yeah, I think it's hey, all you crazy cats and kittens. Yeah, I think there you go. Okay, you're going to open the next show with that one. Okay. <laughs> right, I'll do it. I'll awesome. get my Carol Baskin impression down. Oh well, Chris, and this has been a pleasure. I'm like I said, I'm so grateful to call you a friend and and to have a colleague in my corner. But I know that you're out there for so many. You really embody, um, you know, uh, the always be helping mantra. And it's so great to see you encouraging other people also to give out their their expertise and their help. And sometimes, like you say, even just, you know, maybe someone just needs to talk for a few minutes. It's fine. <laughs> or virtual cocktail hours, it turns out, which is what everybody needs right now. Yeah. Oh, I hope everybody did store up on their cocktails because I didn't know that was going to come in so handy here for so much virtual. It's really funny. I I think I've had like multiple virtual cocktail hours all week. And I was joking around with somebody that I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to come out of this with an alcohol problem. And then literally the next day I got served an ad on on Facebook for a rehab center. Someone's playing a, someone's playing a a Google ad joke on you. I love it. (laughs) Well, Kristen Luck, thank you so much. And uh, for those of you who are interested in what Scalehouse does, go out and check them out at scalehouse.consulting. She has a collective of really great experts for growth hacking and, um, and really uh, sharp strategy along with uh, venture capital guidance and more. So she has an amazing, um, an amazing blog that is really curated content. I mean, talk about no fluff, get right down to it. And uh, you, you, you will be added to the many, many people who subscribe to her blog. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that big of a list for a long time, but it's been a pleasure talking with you and I, I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing.
podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.